Good morning, Latinos in Clinical Research. I'm Judy Galindo, one of the co-founders of Latinos in Clinical Research, and I'm here with Monica, Dan, and Chris. And today we're going to speak with Bridget Chapatel, who's a founder and director of Hypothesis Haven Science Club and has several years of experience in the biomedical research industry. Bridget, thank you for being here today. We are excited to learn more about you, your background in research, and about Hypothesis Haven. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Yeah, so tell us more, I guess, let's start. Uh, tell us about uh, your background and how you even got into clinical research. Sure, so um, basically I was a health science major in college um, and right about the time I graduated, so this was like 2001, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew it needed to be in the medical space. Um, I am actually first generation Nigerian American. And so like in my culture, it's like you can be a doctor, a nurse, engineer, a lawyer, a pharmacist, you know, there's all these sort of like approved careers that your parents can like, you know, be proud of you if you're in those careers. And so I knew I wanted to be in the medical space, but I didn't want to be a nurse. And I, I really didn't want to be a doctor. I, I knew from a young age that I really wanted a career where I could kind of, you know, have the sort of balance that I wanted to, but also make that contribution to science. And so um, I live in Texas and I went to college in Waco. And so when I graduated, I moved to Houston, Texas, because I knew that that was, you know, the Texas Medical Center, even back then was world, worldwide, world-renowned um, place. And I figured, you know, if I can, if I'm going to make it anywhere in, in medicine, it's going to be there. And so I moved to Houston. And luckily, I had an aunt that was a nurse who um, directed me to a job fair at Methodist Hospital here in Houston. And I ended up working for an investigator um, who was working in GU Oncology. And so from there, that was kind of like my first introduction to research, um, basically by accident, like a lot of people, you know, that I've met. And um, I just loved it. I mean, I was working with this, you know, cutting edge science. We were working with kidney cancer patients. It was just really fulfilled that patient interaction because I was a study coordinator. So it fulfilled that patient interaction and really having that one-on-one, -on -one, but really also like the the innovative side and, and finding out, you know, how science is evolving. And so um, I did that for a few years. And then from there, I kind of moved over to the administrative side. So I worked at, um, with the IRB. Um, and then I moved on to being an auditor, eventually um, worked with um, FDA and um, um, but on the institution side. So I worked as an um, IND analyst. Um, and so I've kind of done like the spectrum of jobs um, in clinical research and been able to see it from a multiple different perspectives. Um, and have just learned such, um, you know, such amazing things about the field. I've primarily been in oncology for most of my career, so that's sort of like my comfort zone. Um, but, you know, all along the way, I just felt so fortunate to have, you know, found out about this field. And um, right now with COVID, it's kind of like top of mind. Everybody knows what a clinical trial is. But back then, it was literally like I would go back to my college or I'd find high school students and I would try to mentor them and um, teach them about this really cool field that, you know, you don't have to be a doctor, you don't have to be a nurse, but you can still make an impact. And um, so that's kind of sort of my uh, story in a, in a nutshell. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you did look, work in so many different areas. So it gives you that experience to see where you want to focus on or what you wanted to do, or maybe change something and improve the different areas that you worked in. That's great. And so how did um, Hypothesis Haven uh, come about? Well, so um, it officially formed um, at the fall of 2019, but, you know, as I kind of mentioned, it was always something that was sort of in my mind. How do I give back? How do I teach other people about this um, career? And so um, it really kind of started coming together because I have children. So I have three kids right now. They're 11, eight and six. 
But, you know, back when they were younger, um, that was sort of around the same time when STEM sort of became like this really big thing. You know, STEM is like the most wonderful thing. It's going to make your kids like these amazing superhuman, you know. And so um, my kids were aware that I worked with doctors and I worked in a hospital. I helped cancer patients, you know, but they knew I wasn't a doctor. And so sometimes they would ask me, like, what do you do at work? And I'd be like, well, you know, we're doing X, Y, Z. But I would always explain things to them, like in very scientific terms, like, you know, cancer mechanisms, um, different treatments that we were trying to um, give to patients. Like I would just literally like my oldest was probably around five, but I would just explain these things to her and she kind of soaked it up like a sponge and was so fascinated. And so from there, it kind of um, dawned on me. So jumping forward to 2019 that, you know, a lot of times when we look at kids and we ask them like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like from four or five years old, they already kind of have an idea of the things that they want to do, but they're so limited. I mean, literally my son who is going into first grade um, next school year, by the time he graduates college, um, he's going to have so many more job options that don't even really exist today. You know, so I felt like it was sort of a closed minded thing to talk to kids in terms of like, what do you want to be when you grow up when um wouldn't it be cool to kind of actually teach them um, the process of scientific thinking, the scientific method, and kind of like open that box up and teach them like, what problem do you want to solve? So um, Hypothesis Haven Science Club was born and basically we're the first um, and only medical science program that uses clinical trials um, as a platform to teach children scientific thinking and get them ready for um, the job market of the future. Um, and the way we do that is we have um, summer camps, we have after school programs, we have online workshops, and we're really just trying to show them like how the body's supposed to work, how it breaks down, and some of the innovative minds of the past um, and present that um, have come up with bright ideas that have, you know, really impacted people's lives for the better. Wow. And specifically for the clinical trials portion that you teach them, like what's an example of some of the things that you do? Well, so we teach them about randomization. We teach them about control groups. Um, and really, we start out with just teaching them what a clinical trial is and, and why it's important to, you know, continuously learn new knowledge. I mean, I think for kids, it's easy for them to just kind of see things and feel like, you know, they've always been there. And actually adults too, you know, we, we look at something like, you know, a Tylenol and we're like, okay, well, I have a headache, so I take a Tylenol. Well, you know, back in the day when you had a headache, they might've like, you know, try to cut your skull open and, you know, kind of like let some blood out because they felt like, you know, maybe there was, you know, a problem in there that could be solved that way. And so how did we get from point A where we were doing, you know, all of these really kind of off the wall things to people that we thought would work until we actually begin to study and learn and develop and come up with better and better treatments. So that's one of the big things that we really try to teach them is just kind of that um, evolution of ideas and how, you know, even if you have an idea that seems a little off base and it doesn't work, you can continue to try it and test it. Um, and then, you know, it may not even be you, but it may be that the work that you do inspires somebody else and then they take it and they continue to build with it. And through all of that, um, you know, we can kind of come up with new knowledge and bigger ideas. So. Um, but yeah, things like randomization, you know, what an IRB is, what the FDA is, um, you know, just those are some of the concepts that we really try to introduce them to, you know, different types of research, what an investigator does, you know, who's a scientist. Um, so these are like all sorts of um, things that we sort of um, mix in. But then we also do get into a lot of just the medical science, like how is your body supposed to work? 
you know, one of our things that we did this year, which was really cool, was we had for American Heart Month, we taught um, a session where we um, taught the kids about bypass and graft surgery, the scientists that um, invented that and, you know, why that was important to have methods to try to treat heart disease. And so, you know, it was really, really cool and hands-on and fun. That's pretty cool. I, I really like that, what you're doing. Yeah. And, and so I would assume this takes a team of people to put on these classes. So who do you work mm -hmm. with that teaches the kids? Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, we use um, science major college students. And so we kind of call them our health science ambassadors. Um, these are kids that, you know, why well, say kids? Because, you know, they're going to be, but they're college <laughs> students. Um, you know, they have a love of science. They have the technical knowledge. And so I think it's really cool when we go into elementary school that we have people that are sort of closer in age to the students. So they can kind of look and see, okay, that looks like my aunt or my uncle, or, you know, I, I can be that one day they're in college. Maybe I can go to college. Um, so those are our health science ambassadors. Um, they teach all of our classes. Um, and we also have some administrative staff. I mean, at first it was just me, um, me and, you know, sometimes my kids would come in the classes with me and they still do in the online classes. It'll just be me and one of my kids that kind of match the age group of who we're teaching. And um, we just hop on there. But as it's grown, you know, we've added, um, we've added, um, uh, right now we have three staff members and um, three volunteers. And then we sometimes use interns um that really can connect with the kids and it, it's really amazing because we actually just finished for the school year and literally the kids were telling our staff well are you coming back next year like <laughs> we don't want y'all to leave we're gonna you know it's just so amazing oh, when you impact and I think even my um instructors feel it too yeah and how do you feel like now the kids you know being exposed to this even probably the teachers and the parents I mean how did they respond or is like was everybody learning I assume at the same yeah. time not just the kids right yeah, and that's a cool thing about it too, especially with clinical trials. I mean, uh, I think that we kind of take it for granted. Like literally when the company was started, before I could even get to like what it is we're trying to teach, I would have to like give like a whole kind of like disclaimer on clinical trials. Like, okay, if you walk into the CVS and you see the drugs on the shelf before they could be on the shelf, they had to be tested in a lab and then they were tested on animals and they were tested on people. You know, I had to go into this whole thing. And so now people kind of have like a baseline knowledge of what a clinical trial is. And so through our classes, as we teach the kids, especially when it was online and parents were actually like last summer, when the school shut down, we really kind of switched to an online model, even though that wasn't something we had initially planned. You know, parents were in the room and they could actually kind of hear what we were doing. And so um, we had a lot of people like, you know, who were in the medical field say, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I'm so glad that my kid is getting exposed to this. You know, there's no other really STEM classes that teach that. I mean, it's usually like slime or, you know, robotics and things like that, which are fun, but, you know, it's not really like the real world science that you know all of us are uh, exposed to but um it's been really great to get that feedback from especially people who are in the medical field or in, in the research field that you know their kid has something that can show what it is that they're doing at work um so that's really really been awesome but one of the things that we're actually starting now and um, we actually kicked off with clinical trials day was um having investigators post their um, research um, studies on our site, especially research studies that involve children. So that way we can start to really kind of pull the families and the children into actually being research participants instead of just learning about how research works, they actually get to take part in research. So that's been really, really cool. We call it clinical trials for kids. So that's something that we're, you know, really trying to push now. And we've had a couple of people actually sign up already. So it's been cool. 
Yeah, I think that's amazing because you guys are teaching these young kids at, at a younger age. And, you know, we, we that's part of our mission to educate and get more people involved into clinical research. But we were actually starting from like the junior college, college level going, hopefully getting into high school. So going the other way, but getting started even earlier, hopefully they continue on this path and they do want to do something in clinical research in the future. Um, so that's amazing. Thank you for all that work yeah. you guys are doing. <laughs> It's really neat. And also, you know, the thing about it, too, is even though we're we're using science, medical science as the platform, we really emphasize that, like, the scientific method itself is something that if you follow it, it really can be transferred to a number of different industries. So, like, even if these kids decide that, okay, you know, science is not for me, like, we've literally taught them how to think through a process, how to, like, you know, change something that's not working, how to tweak, you know, little bits here or just little bits there. And so we really kind of see it as, you know, yeah, this is the way that we're teaching it to you because this is like, you know, what we're interested in, but you can really kind of take these skills, you know, and solve problems, you know, in, in a lot of different areas. So that's like a really big part of it as well. That's great. And then in the schools in your community where you're at, are you in a lot of the elementary schools already or are you slowly getting into to all of them? So we are slowly getting into it. So this company launched in the fall of 2019, right? And so um, that first semester of 2020, that was going to be our, like our moment. And then everything like shut down. So we're like, oh man. Um, and so then we kind of quickly switched to online, but um, we're in Texas. And so um, starting as early as this year, um, a lot of campuses, you know, have been back in person. And, and actually my kids have been back in person since um, last, since the fall. But in terms of having like outside vendors come in, schools are slowly getting more comfortable with bringing people in. Um, we still do offer services online, but you know, if we can get in person into a school, that's definitely something that, you know, our staff is vaccinated. Um, they still wear their masks. And so, you know, we have been able to get into a couple of schools and we have um, even more signed up for um, in the fall. So that's been really cool and exciting yes. to see it kind of start get back to normal. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure it'll continue to grow. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> Bridget, for example, if somebody wants to uh, register one of their kids in uh, your program, what they need to do? Well, sure. They can visit our website, um, which I can provide that link to you. But basically, um, we partner with now we partner with um, existing summer camps, existing schools, and then we are mobile. So we come over to their location and then we provide our services. So if you go up to our website, you can see the places that we're already partnered with. Like, for example, we have two summer camps coming up um, that we're going to be a part of. Um, so people can sign up there. Um, several times a year, we also have um, events for the community that are just open to um, anybody who wants to join. Um, our last one was online, but we're really hoping that this year we can have, um, you know, go back to having in-person um, sessions like we did the very first year in 2020. We actually had one February 2020, and then like the shutdowns happened like the last month. So we do want to get back to kind of having in-person sessions just for the community or they can um, sign up for their school. If people have a camp that their kids have been a part of that they think this would be a great addition to, we welcome people to you know, kind of let us know. And we also provide online options so that we can you know, reach further than the Houston area. I mean, we eventually want to um, span the whole United States and you know, even further. That was sure. my, that was my yeah. next question. <laughs> if it was only for te uh, Texas or if it was available for everybody else in the United States. Yeah, because definitely, definitely. Nice. Yeah, we have absolutely wonderful. I have, uh, yeah. I have two questions. So one, what is the, what is your dream outcome? I guess if you only had a one outcome at the end of your career that would stem from this, 
uh, organization, and then and then I'll ask my second one. But this one's this one's deep. This one's deep, Bridget. You know, honestly, I think that a lot of times when we deal with children, we, you know, I mean, as adults, you know, we can get kind of jaded, you know, we're just going to work, we're doing X, Y, Z, but like in children, you really have, you know, the future. I mean, my goal would be that we are the ones who train the next Carlos Finlay or the next Kismikia Corbett. Like when they grow up, they can be like, you know, I was a part of this program when I was in elementary school and, you know, now I've cured eight, you know, found the cure for AIDS or found the cure for cancer. Like that would be, mm. that would be like the law. Like Jennifer Doudna, uh, Emmanuel yeah, exactly. Charpentier. Exactly. Uh, like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> I like that. And number two, kind of related to that. Have you reached out to any CROs or sponsors to get in early? You know how like in basketball, they start the kids young, like they start with AAU, like 9, 10, 11. I see this right. as like a science AAU maybe. I, and it hasn't been done. So have, have you reached out to any CROs or sponsors to see if they're interested in getting early access to potential future employers? There's a shortage, huge shortage in research. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about that in my interview, but I just wanted to get your take on that. Uh, have you yeah, tried? Yeah, definitely is. Yeah, we've tried. I mean, and that's one of the things that um, is really a part of our plan. I mean, we see this not only just as kind of like, oh, a fun little, you know, after school program, like we literally see this as something that um, has far reaching implications and that can provide value to, you know, the, you know, pharma industry um, and biotech industry. I mean, a lot of our lessons are actually patterned after, you know, existing things, you know, like I was talking about earlier, like cardiac stents, we learned about angiography. So my dream would really be able to, you know, come talk to some of these device companies or drug companies and really have them come in and, and teach kids what it is that they're doing, have their scientists come and, and, and work with our students or, and make, you know, whatever of their technology um, available that they can so that we can actually kind of see what's really being developed now. So that is definitely something that we are interested in. And we've reached out a little bit just kind of within um, the Houston area. Um, I do a lot of um, talking to college students and I think that people are so primed to seeing college and high school students, like you're saying, as the audience that they need to work with, but, you know, it really needs to start a lot earlier than that to plant that seed and really let kids know so that the next generation of kids is not just falling into this by accident like we all you know we're fortunate to do but they actually know about it from young and like you were saying with sports like they start them young like the young. They, kids at like eight nine they ten, get you know? sponsors nike jordan yeah. brand reebok adidas <laughs> all get in there they try to get these kids early like For you sure. know they know that it's going to be ten thousand kids in aau across the country but from that yeah. maybe three are going to be nba superstars and they all want to get that you know have that exactly. relationship but i think in science right. it's going to be less competitive than that and it's more practical for cro to get a cra right as an example yeah uh, so just just something i think about i think this is a good a good initiative great initiative Actually. Yeah, awesome. yeah I, I don't really have a question. It's more a statement. I, I think it's great, at least from your explanation of your program, that it sounds like you're teaching critical thinking. And that's sorely yeah. lacking in our education system today. So it's great that you're teaching really critical is. thinking. Yeah. They're actually trying to get it's away really from needed. that. They're trying yeah, to get away from yeah. that. I know they are. Mm-hmm. It's just awful. It's awful. I don't, I don't want to get political, but like I'll ask you <laughs> what you feel about here in California. I think it's Washington. I don't know where. 
they want to get rid of uh, what is it STEM? They want to get rid of like AP science mm -hmm. because like they're saying it's it's um, inequality. Like I think it's throwing out the baby with the bathwater, in my opinion. What is your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, one of the things that we've noticed the district approach like science is maybe like once or twice a week it's not taught every week it was when we were young and so you know we really try to position our program as something that you know really can kind of fill that gap I mean of course there's never enough hours in the day anyway but then when you have to focus on you know teaching towards like certain standards or certain testing things that you know the kids are going to be tested on have to do well you know certain things kind of get pushed to the side and science is usually one of the first one along with the arts and so you know we really feel like our program is something that eventually as we grow and it takes different formats it can be a standalone curriculum that even if we can't reach you know physically to come out to a school they can you know use our curriculum to supplement whatever they're teaching in the schools but i mean i think science is so important and it just i mean i was shocked to find out that like schools like right in the district like where my kids go to school like certain schools and it's always usually you know the schools where the black or the brown kids are that you know usually under resourced and, and really kind of you see a lot of that science is not even something that you know they have access to and it's that's a real shame yeah well we need more people like you more you know mm -hmm. we're trying thanks to judy and monica uh here uh well actually across the country but we're starting locally to reach out to the it started with mm -hmm. the colleges, but we can go to high school too and, and reach out and, and just kind of plant the seeds. Hey, this is clinical research. This is how science is, yeah. this is how science develops. So I think it's very important. I think people need to do that and we need organizations like yours to exist and to be successful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with Dan. Yeah, I think- Thank you, you I know, definitely appreciate you. Know. Yeah, I think there's so many positions in like research in the medical field that we need to fill, but we're not getting, as you had mentioned, to the younger kids, educating them so they can take this path and want to do go into those fields. So yeah, we need more things like this. I'm so happy that you know I ran into your organization and we can like share this with the community. And I hope we can see more of this in other other cities outside of Texas. Hopefully it comes to my city in San Diego because we don't have anything yeah. like this. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we're definitely looking to reach out and collaborate with people all over the country and, and really kind of, you know, sh um, share our methods with them and, and really kind of spread out. I mean, this is something that we, you know, we I live in Texas and Texas Medical Center Houston was a natural progression and natural, natural home for it. But it's something that I can see being, you know, helpful to children all over. I mean, when we were online last summer, we had kids as far as like Brazil and Israel in some of our sessions, like it was just so amazing and it's so universal. I mean, kids are already fascinated with how their bodies work and how, and so we're just bringing that extra piece to show them like, hey, you actually could figure out, you know, how to fix, you know, one of the problems that's facing the world. And so, um, you know, we definitely are looking to collaborate with people um, all over the place, so. That's awesome. Well, we definitely got to do a part two. You're invited anytime to come on Latinos in Clinical Research and share your Thank story you. on our live Zooms. Um, uh, so just, you know, if you can, just subscribe to our website so you get notified <laughs> when we do the every month we do a Zoom. So whenever you can, just jump on. Don't and don't be shy to introduce yourself uh, there. Awesome. And then we can we could probably get more people interested. I know Monica's got some relatives in Houston. She's thinking, I can tell. She's thinking of signing them up right now. I can tell. And I, yeah, I'm actually, awesome. when you were talking, I, uh, to my mind crossed a lot of ideas that I 
I, I would love to chat with you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I know that, Judy, you're like in the Valley area and that's an area where, I mean, because we also tailor classes. So like last summer we did um, for Black, actually, so last summer, not Black History Month in February, but we did one like African-American pioneers of medical science. And, you know, there's just so many different areas and so many people to spotlight. A lot of people that fly under the radar that have really done amazing things. And so I really want kids to see themselves in that and to see that science is not something that was just all discovered like hundreds of years ago in Europe. Like it's, you know, being discovered every day, even today by people who look just like them. So that's like what it's all about. Just inspire, you know, that next generation of scientists. Yes, I agree. I think that's actually how I reached out to your organization. I was wondering, you know, why we don't have something like this in Imperial County. So I live in San Diego County, but I work in Imperial County. So it's two different communities. But even San Diego County, I have two kids also, a four-year-old and six-year-old. I was like, I would totally sign them up for this, but we don't have nothing in San Diego like this. So I think that's why I initially reached out to see if you did have something in San Diego that I can sign them up or virtually. Um, And then I found out a lot more about your organization that was like, you have to come on Latinos in clinical <laughs> research. <laughs> we definitely need more of this. There's a few yeah, organizations definitely. like this in um, LA and New York, but the, it's like, has to be like the huge cities for the, and it's mm-hmm. super expensive. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we definitely need more of this in our lives across the country and with an emphasis on clinical research. Those other places yes. don't do emphasis right. on clinical research. Yeah. It's just science. Um, this is, one step further and addressing mm-hmm. industry needs. So definitely got to do a part two. Uh, everybody also check out, we're going to have links to hypothesishaven.com underneath this YouTube channel and in the podcast, in the show notes. And then also I'm going to interview Bridget in about 10 minutes on my channel mm-hmm. regarding her career, more in depth about her career. Uh, so we can get to see kind of where she started and all that kind of stuff. So thank you very much, Judy, for setting this up and Bridget for coming on. Thank Thank you. you. I appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye.